Blog Talk Radio. The baby got a yeast infection. We all have yeast oh. infections. <laughs> the baby now smells like potato chips because I just gave her a vinegar bath. Ouch. Well, you know, just remember... Vinegar is an amazing taste. substance. It, if you have, like, a bunch of mosquito bites or flea bites and you take a vinegar bath, it, like, sucks the, the venom out of the bite so that you don't itch anymore. And apparently it also treats yeast infections. Yes, well, Amazing you know, thing. they had to figure out something way back when, you know, before they had bad itself. Yeah. Not, I mean, she is actually getting treated with an over-the-counter yeast ointment. I'm getting treated with a prescription, but his mind's worse. <laughs> but... But yes, we're we're hanging in there, more or less. Everyone is yeasty. Everyone is yeasty except Fred. Pony Daddy is not yeasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he better stay away from the yeasties, or else he'll become a yeasty. Yeah. Or worse yet, he'll become a carrier of the yeasties. Yeah. And that would not be good. It's actually kind of like like becoming a vampire. See, the baby's yeasty because I'm yeasty because she feeds off of me. So. Yep. Yep, that is how it works. Yep. I've had a pretty good week. Good, good. I was about yeah, to ask how your week has been. I've, I've, I've been vacationing at, you know, a very good resort, Ray Uncle. 
you know, it's a, it's a great resort. The only problem is they don't have room service. Ah. <laughs> but you know, all food is inclusive, so. <laughs> well, that's good. All the food, used to the pool. No, but oh. um, my uncle's having some work done, so he just wants someone in the house. You know, while the workers are here. Yeah, and since I'm currently unemployed, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was picked for the assignment. But, you know. But I don't mind. I said, it's a very cheap vacation. <laughs> hey, vacation is a vacation. Mm, yes. I mean, I had to... I had to endanger the lives of pedestrians to get here. <laughs> Always fun. Oh yes. You know. I had to I had to wait until the afternoon to actually drive out here. I had to skip all my meds throughout the day in order to do it. You know? That makes it yep. a lot harder to drive because then you're going I need my meds. I need my meds. Get out of my way. Oh, my goodness. I'm posting a link in the chat room of something that is amazing that I think you should see. Okay. Oh, it is a Facebook photo. What, did someone take a picture of me while driving? (laughs) No. Oh, we have a guest. Oh. Hello, guest. I evidently do not have permission to view that. Whoa. How bizarre. Let me try something else. It's a moss doll. Huh? It's a, it's it's like a ball jointed doll, but it's clearly been inspired by mods. Ah, okay. So I'm gonna save it to my computer, and then I'm going to. Okay, very shortly you will hear me speaking about food simply because the catering company has arrived. (laughs) So we will most likely discuss dinner. But other than being easy, what else have you guys been up to? I got a Madeline Hatter Ever After High doll this week. Woo! And I'm very excited about that. Sweet. I have not gotten any dolls yet. I have the, the two books. And I have Legacy Dave Raven Queen, and I have Madeline Hatter. And 
I want to get regular Raven Queen and Cerise Hood as well. I'm all about the Rebels. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally into the Rebels as well, you know. But those snooty royals, they're, they're too little too snooty for me. Well, you know, now that I've read the book, I found out that, like, Apple White is not such a flat character as I thought she was. She's not just a stuck-up, snotty, selfish royal. You know, she, she has her own issues. Being Snow White's daughter, she has to live up to the legacy of being Snow White, but she's blonde. And so she gets, she hears a lot of people whispering about how can she be the next Snow White. She's well, you know, it's so, not the hope that makes you, you know, if that was the case, people would think I was stupid in the summer. <laughs> so anyway, I posted a new link. Tell me if you can see it. Yeah, I did. I, that's why I said, ooh, nice. Yeah. So, I don't know who the artist is or where to buy that doll or if it's a one-of-a-kind. I don't know. But I was like, wow, when I saw it. So. <laughs> it probably is a one-of-a-kind. But as I was saying, people would think you know, if, if you're just judged by being blonde or brunette or black-haired, you know, as I said, in the summer, people would think I was stupid. Simply because my hair naturally turns blonde in the summer. Yeah. My hair doesn't turn blonde. Mm-hmm. My hair stays brown. Ah. All the time. It is brown. It is not red-brown, it is not dark-brown, it is not blonde-brown, it is brown. Yeah. Well, you well, know. On the downside, my Genetically hair Genetically dominant. Yeah. My hair goes murky, mud-brown in the winter, hence why by the time mid-December rolls around, I've got two boxes of hair dye in my shopping cart. Hold on one moment. I think I found who made the doll. It's a website called popov-dolls.com, P-O-P-O-V-Y-Dolls. I'm doing my show. Yeah. It's my pony show night. I do a My Little Pony show every Monday night. I'm where? Online. <laughs> so are oh, you going to wow. show where you can find that doll at? 
Yes. As a as pop popov-dolls.com. P-O-P-O-V-Y dash dolls.com. And there's a bunch of this one's a pupa doll. And pupa being the chrysalis stage of a moth or butterfly. Um, so yes, these are definitely inspired by moths. And they have a couple of them. This is this is just amazing. This is like high fashion dolls. I bet you these are crazy expensive. Probably, because they look like they do take a lot of work. It's like most customs. That's true. They have different colors. Like uh, the one that I posted was pupa moss. But they have pupa la rose, pupa gray, uh, pupa garpy. Pupa Poodle, which is, has black hair, it's like black and okay. white dress. Let me get this right. You Pupa. said Poodle, correct? Yes. I'll show you okay. the, one of the pictures. Okay, I'll I thought maybe I'm going going bonkers there or something. <laughs> yeah, I... I am sure there is a reason. Um, but yeah, this is this is like awesome doll artistry. I mean, look at the the knee joint. You know, most doll ball jointed dolls that like are for kids. You know, the bottom leg just attaches to the top leg, and there's a basic joint. If you look at the the dolls and the link I just sent, there's an actual kneecap. So you can get real true like movement and posing out of these dolls. What did you want to do for dinner? Yeah, actually my favorite one I think is the one that pupa red. Or Cupid Tiger. But yeah, these are amazing. And there's a whole gallery. There's different... They have other dolls as well. Like they have one called Blue Skin. Um... One called Genesis. They have different ones at this site. I'll have to look at it later. But, yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, from the one I saw, it was pretty cool.
Yeah, so I'm I've, I'm actually thinking about um, changing the eyes on my Madeline Hatter doll, though, because she's not really show accurate. You mean she ain't crazy looking enough? Exactly. She actually looks kind of bitchy, if you want to know, or cranky, or whatever. Um, well, in that case, shouldn't that be Snow... Uh, or whatever her name is. Raven or Queen or Apple White. No, Apple White was the one that was bitchy. Miss Raven was a little bit nicer. Raven, yeah, I really, Raven and Madeline are my favorite characters. Because um, Madeline is happy all the time. Like, everybody loves Maddie Cat. She might be mad, but she's everybody's friend. Huh? And Maddie might be mad, but she's everybody's friend. And Raven Queen just just wants to be good. That's all she wants. Why can't people just let her be good? (laughs) Yeah, I had a burger for lunch. But yeah, I her hair is great. If you want to do you want to do leftovers, that's fine. Yeah. Maddie's hair is great. But her mouth isn't painted very happy. And her eyes are just kind of regular like they're just any of the doll's eyes except Maddie's mint green color, you know? Like, I think they could have been done better. I can definitely do that. Her eyebrows are perfect, though. But see, this is the thing that I don't get when... Factories just paint like generic eyes on everybody. They have machines that do the painting. It's not like these are hand done. I don't see why they couldn't have one machine paint proper Madeline Hatter eyes, one machine paint proper Raven Queen eyes, etc. Why do they all have to look identical to every oh. other character except a different color? Well, it's just like the current My Little Pony line. They all have the same eyeballs. Well, yeah, well, and it, it was brought to my attention last no, week that, um, you know, it was brought to my attention last week that they restarted redoing Fluttershy's eyes so that she doesn't have sad eyes anymore. She has more like Pinkie Pie eyes. I was thinking my, my opinion on the current topic. We're talking about eyes and dolls. Would your uncle like to say hi to everybody? I don't know. Would you like to say hi to everybody? No. 
But yeah, I actually, I really like Madeline Hatter. She's a great character. And I'm really hoping that when I go to redo these eyes that I won't totally blow it. Which I realize after doing so many pony eyes that you'd think I'd be confident in my skills to repaint eyes. The eyes are one of those tricky things, especially on a doll with forward-facing eyes where you can see both of them at the same time. You can't have it just be close enough, you know? Right. People will notice if it's derpy. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to give her crazy eyes, not complete insanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've watched I've watched the cartoon and I've read the books. Dull. Well, I have two adults. And I think I really I think I, I really like the Ever After High story more than the Monster High story. Okay, why is that? Because the Monster High story was, oh, look, it's the kids of all these uh, famous monsters, and they're in high school. Whereas the Ever After High story goes a little bit deeper and talks about fate versus choice. And, you know, do you really have to be your mother or father, you know, is it nature or nurture? Is it destiny or choice? Um, right. So I cut, it's, it's, it's a bit more um, philosophical than Monster High seems to be. Now, I haven't read any of the Monster High books, so maybe Monster High has some philosophy in it. But it seems like what they were going with with Monster High was be, you know, be the best monster you can be or whatever. And, you know, you shouldn't judge someone just based on the fact that they're a monster or something like that. And... And so, yeah, one one is a message about not judging people and it's okay to be different. And the other one is a message about rather determining who you are yourself, regardless of what people are judging you as, you know. So I feel like Ever After High is more empowering. Yeah. And that actually plays into part of our topic for tonight. 
In oh, case what is a- our topic for tonight? Yes, tonight we are not talking ponies. Tonight we are taking a, a pony break to discuss one topic that most every collector is into. And what and topic would that be? Anime and manga. Ah. And this is part one of the series. Yes, we are doing an entire series because I Googled <laughs> some of this yesterday. And, yeah, I got so much information that we could actually make several parts. Which is cool because, I mean, there's probably some information that even if you've read them or seen them, you probably don't know because this is such obscure information. So. Before we before we stop talking about ponies, though, I should point out that I got a 2015 pony calendar from the dollar store today. Uh oh, that sounds sounds like a disappointed sound. No, I mean, I'm I'm happy that I have a pony calendar. I will say that the art looks more fan drawn. It's it's not as clean looking as previous pony calendars have been. But then again, okay. it is the dollar store, so yeah. what do you want, you know? But it doesn't have Princess Luna. It has a, a very odd picture of Princess Celestia. Twilight has wings. It does have Cadence and Shining Armor for February. But of course, they are the biggest couple around right now. Yes. No, they're they're aside from the cake, they're really the only couple around. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah, they are the only couple. They're the only couple that matter. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the the artwork just looks a little unpolished. It looks very it looks like someone subscribed to a deviant art fan group for My Little Pony Friendship is Magic and took some of the fan art. Hmm. They may have done that. They may have. You never know. Deviant art is always doing those. Their notices are, ooh, new contest. Submit art for this topic or that topic. So there may have been a submit your art for consideration in the next My Little Pony calendar. I don't know. But, yeah, as I said, that brings us right into our topic because that right there falls into... Now, I know we're going to start off with something fairly new, the new Sailor Moon Crystal series. 
if you are one of those people that does watch, you know, the entire thing from the very, very beginning, meaning you watch the intro song and you watch the final song. Yeah. And I do. You read all the subtitles. You know, they're very much more into the girl power thing. Yeah. Because well, they out my husband always about. sort of made fun of the original Sailor Moon song because no matter how many seasons into Sailor Moon you went, they never changed the theme song. So it was always, let's introduce all the characters, whether or not you've met them yet, and then see the powers oh so new to her. No matter how far into the series you get and how new, not new the powers are anymore, that was always there. <laughs> but then, like, if you look, if, if you get a hold of the DVDs of some of the movies that have the original uh theme song in Japanese, the words are completely different. Yeah. They're, you know, it's a lot more telling a story than just, here are the characters, they're magical, there's going to be some romance, woohoo. Yeah. Whereas... Ha, 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 ha. My husband says, hey, that's every show we watch. <laughs> well, if you, as I said, if you are the person that will actually watch it from beginning, from complete beginning to the very end, in the theme song they do say, you know, not waiting for the prince and not, you know, relying on a man to save you. Despite the fact that, yeah, Sailor Moon sometimes does. <laughs> but. Sailor Moon, more often than not, is actually saving Tuxedo Mask. I mean, let's face it, Tuxedo Mask is a character that gets kidnapped more than Princess Peach. This is true. He he does tend to get himself into some sticky situations where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, every woman in the world wants him. I mean, I realized that in the old kingdom, he was the prince of the entire planet, and I'm sure that does tend to make someone the world's most eligible bachelor, literally. But at the <laughs> same time, let's, let's be reasonable, people. Kidnapping, not okay. But no, he gets kidnapped all the time. They, you know, they both, you know, they, they die, they get reincarnated. There's not a world power anymore. Yeah. All these nice little, little countries with their own little rulers and whatnot. And he still gets kidnapped constantly. Yeah, look at the animal gets targeted out of his back. Seriously, really, he does. <laughs> but, um, yeah. on to a little bit of history trivia. And this is also the pony husband as well to see if he knows the answer to this question. What what is the oldest known anime? The year will count.
Astro Boy? No. Um, is it by um, is it one of the Studio Ghibli characters? No. Um, the oldest anime, the first generation of, um, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> no fair. Here, I'll give you the link to the Wikipedia. Is it Lupin the Third? Is it Nomotaro no Umiwashi? No. Can you give Tatsudo up? Shashin? Yes, it is. <laughs> now, I should point out that Tatsudo Shashin is a three-second film loop. However, it still is the oldest known anime. And actually, it's only they've only been able to find three seconds of film. That's, I suppose. It says, it says here it's a three-second film loop uh, that was likely produced between 1907 and 1911 and discovered in Kyoto in July 2005. It consists of 50 frames stenciled directly onto a strip of celluloid depicting a young boy in a sailor suit who writes the kanji, turns, removes his hat, and offers a salute. The creator's identity is unknown, and it was made for private viewing rather than public release. Right. And that was between 1907 and 1911. So it's actually predating most everything. Is that before the talkies? Yep. I like that you know what I mean when I say the talkies. (laughs) I realize I wasn't around for the end of the silent era and the beginning of the talkies, but I feel like people should still know that. Like, it's part of the history of film, and, like, it's getting lost. But then again, I feel like most of American history is getting lost because it's being 
perverted or erased due to current political propaganda. But that's another story, and shall be told at another time. I just went on a rant earlier today about the 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 history of uh, workers' rights in our country. So that was my morning after I went to the dentist. So very fun. I I like history, and I think history is important. And it seems like most people most people don't appreciate history anymore. Well, then you'll like most of this series because um, I said a lot of it is going to be looking back at, you know, the history of it. That, this should be yeah. fun. And actually, if my husband is home for the days that we do this, he might want to uh, put in his two cents because, <laughs> you know, his, his degree was... Uh, in advertising with a minor in Japanese language. And they study Japanese language through looking at its culture and pop culture, including anime and manga. Oh, very good. Then maybe he could pronounce some of these words a little bit better than we can. <laughs> oh, that's probably a given. I'm sure if he had heard me pronounce it, he would have taken the computer from me, looked at it, zoomed in on the kanji, and said, oh, no, no, no. This should be... <laughs> Whenever I'm losing an argument and I want to distract him, all I have to do is say Sui Coden. Because I know... There you go. Because apparently I never pronounced it correctly, but the most correctly I've ever pronounced it is Suikoden. <laughs> and that's not even technically correct. But I, I honestly can't hear what he's trying to emphasize. I feel like Ron versus Hermione when they're first learning levitation. It's <laughs> Leviosa, not Leviosa. <laughs> Yeah, you're, are you trying to blow us up in here? <laughs> I think we're going to need another feather professor. Yep. Ah! So, but if you want to know what um, website I'm getting most of my information from, I am getting it from Wikipedia. And the topic on Wikipedia is actually history of anime. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you the link so that you can follow along with my ranting and raving and. Well, you know, see, that's why that's yeah. why I brought the Madeline Hatter doll in to participate with us because I think it's going to be one of those mad tea party sort of days. Yes. So, but yeah, it's. There, There is a lot of, I said, when I read this last night, it was like, holy cannoli Batman. We could take a break, you know, several times and probably still not hit on most of it. So. 
Oh, Samantha's been working on a custom pony recently, a custom baby pony in the fire, baby firefly, baby surprise pose. Looks Ooh. cute. <laughs> cute. So, but I just put put a um, list in there for you. Okay. Or a link in the chat room for you. Oh, that's the thing that I was looking at. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, as I said, there there is a lot of lot of information in here, and some information is kind of like, wow, really? And that is um, some of the animation studios how long they were um, and still are in business. Yeah, did you hear that Studio Ghibli is going to, has has made its last film? Studio Ghibli. Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, uh, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, Grave of Fireflies, Howl's Moving oh. Castle. Okay. Huh. They're they're going to focus on maintaining their previous works and stuff, but um, Miyazaki is kind of retiring. Okay. It makes me and he's sad. Actually, and he's actually one of the bigger um, bigger directors of anime. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been very influential in the industry and he uses his work to promote things he believes in, like environmentalism and things like that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, One little, probably little, very little known fact is um, anime was actually used during the Second World War um, to help promote uh, nationalism in Japan. Ah, oh, gotta love propaganda. Oh yes. Oh wait, they still they still do that. It's called advertisement. <laughs> yes, but for towards a different end. We don't yeah. really call advertising propaganda. We call it marketing. This is true. And actually, my husband says there's a difference between advertising and marketing, which I suppose if we wanted to, I could let him describe. But hmm. let's, let's not for the moment. No. And then um, I said one. I said there are a few um, animation studios that have lasted that lasted the test of time and have given us some of the best known the best known animes 
are out there, and that is Toei Animation, and they're they're responsible for you know uh, Dragon Ball in 1986, the original Sailor Moon in 1992, and One Piece in 1999. Yeah, see, I've never really liked animation for One Piece. I feel like it's rather, it, it doesn't meet my aesthetic standards. No. But I know that it's very popular and yeah. that quite a few people do like it. Yeah. And there has been actually let's see. My Have you seen any of the Sailor Scout drawings that I did way back in the early days? I think I have. Some my in my Deviant Art Gallery under Sailor Scout. I will have to re-look at that. Mind you, most of them are... Uh, all of them are uh, otaku century people's original characters. Uh, okay. One of them doesn't really even look like a sailor scout oh, because she's dressed in fur. But... You know, but um, did you know actually manga is actually more a U.S. term than actually a Japanese term? Well, that makes sense. I mean, manga and anime are probably westernized terms kind of bridge the gap between Japanese and English? Yeah, actually, anime actually is actually um, a term that is in uh, Japan. Oh, okay. Um, And actually, when you had mentioned Astro Boy, Astro Boy is the first anime series to have ever been broadcasted outside of Japan. Yeah, I know it's. A, I knew it was an older one, at least as far as the United States goes. So, in 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 a U.S. sense, the first anime was Astro Boy. Yep. So that was the first one we got to see. Oh yeah. And that we actually have a keyword. we have a, a CD over here of cartoons, cartoon cartoons, um, <laughs> and it has the original Astro Boy theme song on it. Nice, and it sounds very 1950s-ish.
But okay, let's see. But the one thing I'm I'm trying to find is what was the first um, comic that was made into an anime? And that is the one thing I cannot cannot seem to find. Now I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry for manga. And it says they have a long and complex prehistory in earlier Japanese art. Um, it has become steadily more and more part of Japanese publishing industry since the 1950s. The term manga... Tuning. Manga as a term used outside Japan refers specifically to comics originally published in Japan. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so apparently what we call manga is just part of a larger industry in Japan. Yeah. Our understanding of manga in the form of comics and graphic novels is just the... the tip of a larger iceberg that involves... um, Uh, both comics and cartooning. So it could be comic strips in a newspaper and a magazine. Yeah, and pretty much most manga that we've seen are actually um, it's just compiling of comics that have been seen in a lot of the more popular Japanese um do you remember when we had Shonen Jump in Shoujo Beach? Yes. Was that not awesome? I had, at one point, every Shoujo Beat ever that they produced in the United States. And I donated them to the library when I no longer had room for them. Oh, darn it. I tried to sell them, but no one was buying them. But I was very, I I, I was sad when they decided to stop publishing. Yeah. Okay, I have found the very first anime that was made out of a comic. It was in 1966. And what one was that? 1966, Cyborg 009. Ah, <laughs> dead air. If you notice all the dead air, it's just us. I didn't exactly completely research this because, let's face it, that would have taken us 
forever and a day, and I think everybody who listens to the show realizes that if we pre-plan something, yeah, it never works that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Different anyway. So. Hello. Hello. My ears are killing me. I don't know how people wear earbuds. <laughs> you have to find the right one. They're clearly meant for people with huge ears. You know what you huge do ears. is you get those earbuds. You get the ones with the earbuds that are squishy. But I don't know if those ones also have a microphone attached. Um, frogs do. I will have to look for those because the ones I was using that came with my iPhone, oh, those were killing me. It's called... Killing me. F-R-O-G-Z as in zebra. Oh, Okay. And that's the ones I that's the one I'm using right now. And they have the squishy because I I cannot use regular earbuds. Um, it's just like the shape of my head. The shape of my head is in between a child size and an adult size headband. <laughs> hey, look in the chat room. Oh, has someone arrived? Someone has arrived. Oh, hello, Miss Samantha. Tiptoeing in. <laughs> Did she just sneak right on in? Yeah. Well, you know, I started poking at people. Like, where is Samantha and our other chat room friends? Yeah, kind of a little late there, aren't we? Yeah, a little bit. A lot more. No worries. (laughs) Okay, we will forgive you if you're taking pictures of Pony. Completely forgive you. Can't argue with that. No. So, but as I was saying, um, so, yeah, that was the first comic that was ever made into an anime. So it took a while before they actually were animating the uh, comics they were creating. Uh, uh, uh. I have another trivia question for you. Are you ready what for is it? Your... Sure. Is Transformers and G.I. Joe considered anime? 
I don't know about G.I. Joe. I think Transformers might be. Okay, because I read this. Because Transformers, if I recall, was originally a comic series drawn by Japanese but taking place in Oregon. As well as adapted anime, many American companies utilize Japanese animators, Japanese animation studios to animate their TV series. Examples include Sunbow Marvel, Toei Animation, The Transformers, and G.I. Joe television series. So I think in a wider sense, that Transformers might be considered an anime or a manga? Actually, technically, if you think about it, you can consider both of them an anime as they were both made and produced in Japan. Yes. But yes, in in the comic series, there is mention of a mountain called... Mount Helens, which is a combination of two of the mountains that we have here in the Pacific Northwest. One is Mount Hood in Oregon, and one is Mount St. Helens in Washington. Okay. Here's another one. Now, this one, there is often a misconception and is mistaken. What do the abbreviations O-V-A stand for? O-V-A. No Googling it. You know, I don't really know, but I've heard people call things O-V-A and O-A-Vs. And I'm not sure if it's supposed to be the same or different. They are. And it's it's the same and different. It stands for original video animation or original animation video. And is sometimes, you know, mistaken for original adult video. It revolves around animation that were direct to direct to video. So, um, starting in 2008, the term changed. You know, times have changed. You know, VHS is no longer used. It was changed to OAD, Original Animation DVD. That is very interesting. Yes. See, there's like a lot of 
interesting things that you can you can find out via Wikipedia. And the first um, direct-to-video animation was actually Dallow in 1983. Anime in America was out pointing out that for a very long time now, any anime that has appeared in the United States has gone through multiple layers of censoring before it ever reaches American audiences. Oh, yeah. Um, even, yeah. even back in the 80s, if you look at the Transformers and G.I. Joe cartoons or Voltron, anytime yeah. they're fighting somebody, shooting people down, they're robots. Even when they're clearly not robots. They're yeah, robots. Well. Because it it was thought, well, a kid's cartoon can't have people dying. It's not okay. No. And, uh, and then, of course, when we got into the 90s, there was censoring of shows like Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Sailor yeah. Moon, um, most notoriously, because um, a lot of people took exception to um, the fact that many of the characters' relationships to each other were changed. And that a whole period in Sailor Moon was completely excluded from the American market because they were girls pretending to be boys searching for their princess. Yep. Actually, um, having both the Japanese and the American uh, first and second seasons actually separated into two different two DVD sets. Um, censorship there went beyond censorship. Um, watching the American version and watching the Japanese version, there are parts of episodes where that are in the Japanese episode are suddenly no longer there and then Vice versa, there's new scenes in the American version that aren't even in the Japanese version. Um, another thing is they left off certain episodes. They didn't even produce them in the U.S. I mean, when you look at the original anime, okay, from that is completely in English and is not, you know, the dubbed version of it, they have literally changed the the show. That's true. And and it's um, it's a shame because by changing the the, the, the show or the story that drastically 
it changes a lot of what you're supposed to be getting out of the show. Yeah. Yeah, um, between the Japanese and the American version of just season one alone, okay, season one contained 46 episodes in Japan of Sailor Moon. The U.S. version contains 40. Now, that might not seem like a big number. It's only a six-episode difference. But when you're looking at it from the perspective of the plot line they were originally doing with the original original Sailor Moon, that is a lot. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, also the the TV ratings. Okay, the original Sailor Moon, uh, the U.S. rating is rated G. The Japanese version is rated 13 and up. There is that difference. Um, another difference is the animated manga. Or the manga, the manga, the anime. Originally, they followed the, the plot line of the comics. However, there was also a lot of filler. Yes. Oh my gosh, Ronma one half and filler episodes. Good yeah. lord. Not that I I love Ronma one half. I have all of Ronma one half. But we actually have all the manga as well. Because <laughs> my husband is a big fan of um Rubiko Takahashi, the author of Ronma One Half and Inuyasha. Yeah. And my gosh, the filler the filler <laughs> And, and whole episodes of nothing but filler. Dragon Ball Z, the same thing. Um, which is why in recent years we've seen a resurgence. Oh my gosh, Sailor Moon and the Monster of the Week. Um, yeah, that, that but, and then, um, the American version had a whole story arc that was never released in manga. You mean the Doom Tree series? Yes. I love, but I I did, I have to admit, I loved the I, Doom Tree characters, Alan and Anne. I, I, I loved Alan and Anne. It, I thought it so totally gave, I think Alan gave, you know, Darian a one for his money. <laughs> he did. Well, and... And the story behind, there was an actual story behind the characters of Alan and and Anne. You know, when you get to the end and the Doom Tree is explaining that these were the last two of her children and what had happened to all the Doom Tree's children and that the Doom Tree was originally the Tree of Life and... 
you really just wanted to give Alan and Anna a hug so it's going to be okay. I cried. I, I, that episode, every time I watch it, every time I watch it, that episode where the Doom Tree is just going to, at the end where the Doom Tree says, I'm going to destroy Alan and Anne, the task to stop. Yeah. And, and Sailor Moon says no and begs that their lives be spared and you hear the whole story. Every time I watch that, I'm literally in tears, like sobbing, not coming out of my nose, the whole kidding caboodle. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, that was, I mean, kudos, kudos to Deke, who was the animation company who produced the American version. I mean, kudos for that to them for actually having the ability to take these characters that were already well known and give them a completely different storyline that still matched and merged in so beautifully. Yeah. Well, and it didn't didn't look like they forced it in. They gave a little bit of backstory line to kind of merge it into the previous season. Yep. Yeah. It. It. Well, I mean, Alan and Anne. That they felt like. Hmm? Alan and Anne felt felt organic. They their world had been destroyed by the the Negaverse, just like. The Negaverse was threatening to destroy, you know, the reality that we know. And, you know, they were basically political refugees trying to survive. And But another good thing that we got out of Alan and Anne, though, was Sailor Moon are the movie The Promise of the Rose. Yeah. Because I don't know if anybody besides me has noticed this, but Sailor Moon are the Promise of the Rose. Fiore, he's a dude all alone out in space obsessed with flowers, maybe a lost doom tree child. He looks like Alan and Anne. He clearly has a thing for plants. Um, Sailor Moon S with um, Princess Kaguya is, that was S, right, wasn't it? Yeah. Was actually written by um, the author of Sailor Moon, which I thought was impressive. Um, It didn't really tie in with the Sailor Moon S, the series, though. But it did give us a chance to see um, Luna in her human form which we, you know, we never really get to see Diana in her human form or Artemis in his human form. But it gives us at least a chance to see uh, Luna in her human form. And she was fantastic. Yeah. And then, um, but Sailor Moon uh, Supers with uh, Pararu, 
Keraru is very reminiscent of Helios. Yep. So the, it seems like the movies are very much in, inspired by the seasons that they represent, at least some of them. Um, Samantha yeah. is in the chat room, and she says she has some of the movies um, on VHS. I also have the movies on DHS and also DVD. I think I have some of the I have some of the um, movies on VHS. I have the Doomsday series on VHS, but I also have everything on DVD. which wasn't cheap. Now, my regular Sailor Moon episodes are bootleg because I couldn't afford them when they were originally published on VHS and my parents thought that it was stupid. Oh. Why are we paying this much for, for cartoons? So I never got any of the show when it was released on VHS. And... By the time I did try to go and buy them when they were out on DVD, I could not find legitimate copies. So right. I have had to, I have had to make do with bootleg, which really look like they were recorded off of TV or someone's VHS. <laughs> They're not great. The packaging yeah. on the spine says "Sail or Moon." I mean, it's, it's it's pretty cheesy, and it's supposed wow. to be seasons. Yeah, I know. And it's supposed to have. I'm supposed to have seasons one and two, but it doesn't have the end of season two. So that's kind of disappointing. But I do have supers and S legitimate copies of those. The problem is that I never watched them because I did not really care for the dubbing of those particular seasons. I feel like they kind of lost their way with the later seasons. Well, um, a little bit of uh, more history. Um, Bongos actually didn't become the U.S. market until, you know, about the late 1970s, early 80s. Um, But people didn't even really know what they were looking at until the 90s. Right. Um, Unfortunately, the worst thing is um, when these items were published, you know, they they weren't published the way they were in Japan. Oh, you mean how everything was was flipped to what we recognize as our normal reading orientation, top to bottom, left to right, instead of top to bottom, right to left? Yes. We did the fact that they were trying to get people in the U.S. 
to read it, I back when they first started pushing them out, you know, they, you know, nobody would be able to read it. Given the fact that nobody outside of Japan, China, would realize how to read it. But as the American readers became more advanced, more able to, you know, understand that this isn't the way it's supposed to be read, that's when more more of the manga were retaining their original look. I do remember when uh, when I first subscribed to Shoujo Beat, they had a whole page at the back of the manga that what? said, oh no, you're starting from the back. Then, and then explained the whole thing and that you needed to read the book as if you were reading it backwards because that's the orientation that it was designed to be read in. Right. And, and when Shoujo Beat started printing graphic novels, from uh, with the original Japanese orientation, it had that back page. Oh no, you're starting from the back. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, people who are new to reading it, they do have to take it slow. They can't just, you know, jump into something. Uh, you know, a complicated storyline such as, okay, pick one that's complicated. Kira. Okay. They can't just jump into something like that because, first of all, your brain will explode (laughs) after the first few frames. Okay. Mostly due to the fact that when you're reading these, your brain basically has to be split into two. You know, one part of it has to be, you know, directing you as to, okay, this one's the first one, this one's the next one, this one's the next one, and keep you going in the proper order, whereas the other part of your brain is going to be keeping up with the storyline. You know, see, I have gotten so used to reading manga in the Japanese orientation that if I happen to find one that's printed in American orientation, it confuses me. My brain is like, what the? Why doesn't this make sense? Oh, right. American. (laughs) Which is funny because I'm American and I've been reading from left to right my entire life, but just in the nine years that I've been with my husband, and I've got to read his very extensive collection of manga, (laughs) that, um, oh, Samantha's re-watching Outlaw Star. Man, I loved Outlaw Star. Um, Cool. Uh, I miss I miss T 
Toonami on Cartoon Network. They don't have, they don't really have that anymore. Not like they used to. No. Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, Tenchi Moyo, and Outlaw Star. Those were good times. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Gundam Wing. Oh, yes. Well, Gundam Wing wasn't always in the lineup. Tenchi Moyo wasn't always in the lineup. And Outlaw Star wasn't. Dragon Ball Z... Dragon Ball Z was like, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z were a regular in the lineup, and Sailor Moon was a regular in the lineup. Yeah. But yep. the other ones kind of rotated. Yeah. But um, you're right. I mean, when, because I remember reading Sailor Moon in the American version. I had the full American series, thanks to you. <laughs> thanks to your help and several other people on eBay. Um. I do what I can. I, thank you. I tried reading it. Okay, first of all, it took me two days to finish the first one. Whereas I can finish a manga these days in one sitting. <laughs> Next one. Oh, wait, it doesn't publish for like three months. <laughs> And the reason for that was I was so, my brain was trained that it needs to go from right to left. So, yeah, it, it and, really didn't take me very long to pick up on the on the original orientation. And I noticed that when you're reading the manga in the Japanese orientation, the art looks better. Yeah. Because you're seeing the art the way it was intended to be seen. When they have to flip everything, it really, you can see the flaws a lot easier. Yeah. That you can. Um, Another thing is, go ahead. I was going to say, we're talking about, you know, you asked about whether or not shows like G.I. Don't Show and Transformers were anime. Um, There are graphic novels out there that most people would confuse with manga because it's printed in that style, but it's not actually Japanese. It's American. Right. One of the the most notable ones in in our collection at present is... uh, done by Dark Horse Comics, and it is the Kurosagi Corpse Delivery Service. Oh, my. It's very, it, it is very much done in the style of a Japanese horror manga, but it's totally 100% American. Dark Horse is American. The guess the creator's I have Japanese names, but I believe this is actually American. Kurosaki? They are tricking us. No. I thought you, weren't you telling me that this doesn't technically count as a manga? Don't we have one that does? 
that doesn't technically count, but it looks like a manga. Oh, I, so I guess Korosagi is actually manga, but there's one another one we have called Empowered that kind of also does a, a manga style, but it's an American cartoonist. It's made for American consumption, called Empowered. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's by Adam Warren. Um, it's our special <laughs> anime manga episode. One of them. Oh, hello, fussy baby. Okay. Um, another thing is. Hello, fussy baby. Another big thing that I've seen is when they are developing. Originally, when they developed the anime to follow storylines that are in mangas. They would take certain parts and use that, but then completely rework certain parts. Okay. Um, I know we're using Sailor Moon a lot right now because I mean, that's one of the biggest remakes that are, that is out there that is trying to um, when Luna, when when actually Sailor Moon and Sailor Mercury get their pens in the original anime, Luna, you know, evidently she's evidently a magical cat. That you know, when she jumps up and twirls around, a new object appears. And I was watching the newest incarnation of Sailor Moon today episode three with uh, the introduction of Sailor Mars. And we never see where Sailor Mars's pen comes from. Yes. Well, but we don't see it in the manga either. No, that was Mercury. No, Sailor Mercury got hers out of a video game at the um, arcade. Yes. It came out surprised. My, 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 so I know. My husband was trying to say they got it from the arcade machine, remember? And I'm like, no, no, that was Mercury. Um, Sailor Mars, because they're already in the Phantom Zone at that point. Somehow Luna materializes that pen. Yes, well, it's better than her stick. jumping up and twirling and automatically, you know, a pen appears out of thin air. Well, I did have to ask my husband. I said, where where was Luna hiding that pen? And my husband said, you don't want to ask that question. <laughs> it's best you don't know. There you go. No, let's not chew on the polka walker, honey. Here's a bush woolly. There you go. There's a, um, there's a, she has a special, um. Don't throw the bush woolly. What's that thing? Uh, fanny pack. <laughs> That she's just pulling stuff out of, but um, yeah. In the in the end, you want Princess the, Tiffany. You want Princess Tiffany around, and all of this stuff appears. So even Ow. the original animes that were mangas are not really mirroring their mm. their original counterparts. Um, I'm going to use a different one that I, I've. 
watched plenty of times, uh, Vampire Night. Okay. That is an example of the later anime that's from a manga that mirrors the manga and also gives more depth to the chapters in the way that Sailor Moon is currently doing now. Well, have you happened to see Dragon Ball Z Kai? I don't like Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) Uh, Well, see, Dragon Ball Z Kai basically is the Dragon Ball Z version of Sailor Moon Crystal. They went and said, hey, you know, there's three episodes of the same character screaming before an attack. There's a lot of filler episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, honey. So Dragon Ball Z Kai basically shortens the the, the story up to the pertinent actual storyline from the manga. Well, see, um, Sailor Moon and, as I said, the one I had mentioned, they take the basic storyline and expand upon it with additional themes that kind of make things a little bit, make a little bit more sense. Okay. Pony Baby wants yeah. to say hi. Ah, hi, Pony Baby. It's a Pony Baby. It's a Pony Baby. It's a Pony Baby. <laughs> Does she want me to play her favorite song? All right. Say hi, Pony Baby. Oh, now she's going to be all shy and, like, hide her face and stuff. Oh, how about this? And with that, Pony Baby evidently hung up the phone in the middle of her favorite song. Yeah. (laughs) Pony Baby tried to grab the phone and hung up button. I, I evidently must be very careful when I play that song, huh? Yeah. Oh, here you okay. go, pony baby. <sighs> but um, back to actually uh, Gundam Wing, the actual Gundam series, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam was actually the very first uh, real robot series. For anime, and that originally came out in 1979 with the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and it actually tags itself back onto onto the back of um, Star Wars with its popularity. You know, they came out with that and. The rest is history. 
The baby is poking my belly. She <laughs> finds this amusing. Probably because she's not poking it to the outside. <laughs> oh, she's getting fussy. By the way, I'm eating chocolate strawberry candies. I hate you right now. <laughs> mm, chocolate strawberry. I hate you. So, but one of the things that anime and One of the things that was brought about from anime and manga have been anime conventions. No comment? Sir, I heard a big long thing of silence, so I'm not sure if what you said made it all the way to me. Say it one more time. I said the, the the one thing that was brought about was anime conventions, and I left a big long pause for you to jump in. Oh, well, <laughs> I have been to anime conventions. I've been to both KomoriCon, which is the Port, Portland and surrounding area anime convention, and I have been to SakuraCon, which is Seattle's anime convention. And I got to say, anime conventions are fun, although they have to be well planned out and they have to be well staffed. Yeah. SakuraCon is a much bigger anime convention than KomoriCon. And so I've always had better experiences at SakuraCon than KomoriCon because KomoriCon seems to have a lot more unsupervised teenagers, a lot more people being snarky, people making fun of other people's cosplays. Because there's less staff, it's usually in a hotel. Actually, one year at KomoriCon, one of the regular hotel people called the police because they were frightened by all the scary grown-ups in costumes. And the police had to come in and find out, are these people supposed to be here? All the permits are signed and all that. But SakuraCon is held at the Seattle Convention Center. Nobody, anybody at the convention center is there for a convention and doesn't even blink. That's the idea of someone walking down the street dressed as Cloud with a giant buster sword flung <laughs> over their shoulder. You yeah, know? The, that is the one thing these conventions have brought about is you can be your favorite character. And you can put your own personal spin on your favorite character. And nobody is going to you know, yell at you about you know, that Wookiee costume isn't right. Your your ears are supposed to be two inches lower than that. 
Yeah, actually, my favorite costume to do is a character called Shina Fujibayashi from Tales of Symphonia. And almost everybody who cosplays as Sheena does the pastel-colored outfit that shows up in the anime. I decided to do my costume based on the dark-colored concept art that shows up in the player's guide. Okay. So... When I do Sheena, a lot of the comments I get, besides, well, look at Sheena with the giant boobs, is, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love those colors. Because yes. people are delighted to see an alternate color palette for a character that they adore. You know? Yeah, I mean, there, so, I mean, what was you don't, you know go buck wild crazy as long as you can still, they can still look at you and say, you know, you're this, you know, they don't care. They're more along the lines of going, cool, how did you get, how did you get that, what, what color is that? Because, like, next year that's my color. <laughs> well, and... But of course, if we're going to talk, you know, manga and anime have led to anime conventions. We have to yes. go into the fact that anime conventions have led to the reality show Heroes of Cosplay. Yeah. And Heroes of Cosplay, to me, actually paints a very negative light on cosplay as a whole. Because you oh, have... Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen Heroes of Cosplay? Not yet, but now I will. Okay. Heroes of Cosplay, you get these girls that could be, and in some cases probably are, professional models. I am absolutely certain that Yaya Han has probably had a boob job. (laughs) (laughs) And... In, in in season one of Heroes of Cosplay, you had, like, these, these girls that are obviously professional models. Like, they're the closest you will ever get to seeing someone that looks like how the anime character looks, as far as body type, you know? Just these impossible yeah. body types. And in one scene in particular in season one that has stuck with me, because I haven't actually been able to go to a convention since 2008, um, was these girls are getting together, they're having lunch or something, and one of the girls says, what really upsets me, one of my pet peeves, is these girls that dress up, and I'm like, you're too fat for that outfit. And when I saw that episode, I literally went on my Facebook, crushed, and said, apparently, I can never cosplay ever again because cosplay is now about skinny chicks who look like anime characters making fun of normal-sized people. Apparently, we're not allowed to dress up as our favorite characters anymore. And a friend of mine named Adam Wright, who is uh, a regular in the 
anime convention cosplay world. He is one of my favorite cosplays he does is he dresses up as Artemis. Specifically, okay. he is a big, burly black guy that dresses up as Artemis, and he looks fantastic in it. It's amazing. But um, he reassured me that no, most of, and most of cosplay has remained a we're all in the same boat sort of a thing, that he feels right. that Heroes of Cosplay is focusing on a very small handful of people and giving it as much drama and stuff and is going to negatively impact the cosplay industry as a whole. Um, Because these people are clearly professional cosplayers. They aren't doing it for love of the character. They're doing it to make money at cosplay competitions. Yeah, because, I mean, look at the boobs on these girls. Yeah. So in, in, in Heroes of Cosplay, there was a guy who, is, who, who makes cosplays. Like, he did a steampunk stormtrooper. And his armor stuff looks awesome, but he didn't win any of the cosplay competitions because he wasn't an anime-looking girl dressed up as a recognizable anime character. And yet... His stuff is very high quality work that anybody would be proud to wear, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, as things become popular, as anime has led, anime and manga has led to anime conventions. Anime conventions have led to reality TV about anime conventions and specifically cosplay that I think misrepresent what people are supposed to expect when they go to an anime convention. And I feel like it's encouraging people with the wrong sort of attitude to attend conventions and ruin people's good times. Oh, you mean like bronies, the bad ones? Yeah, well, it's... every, Every group is going to have their fringe elements that maybe are the skeletons in your fandom's closet. Yeah. But, and of course, the more people you have at a convention, the more of these fringe people are going to be there because for every 10 awesome people, there's going to be that one. So if you have 10,000 people, you're going to have at least 1,000 jerks. So, but kind of like how there, there's that, because the bronies that are elitist and we're, we're brony and you don't get us and your ponies are stupid, get the most attention online and in the media. Other like-minded jerks go to find their own kind at these conventions, and eventually they just stop being fun. Yeah. And and so I think that Pony World, in the anime world, the people who have been fans since the early days 
need to reclaim our fandom. And when someone who is clearly only a fan of the newest stuff tries to pull elitist garbage, we need to, I think, those of us that are responsible and are just there for the love of the genre and the love of our favorite characters, need to step up and say, hey, I have been into this a lot longer than you. People here just want to have a good time, and you are no better than the person that's been watching anime since the animation was grainy and on VHS. Just because you think it's new, it's not really new. So just sit down, shut up, and try to have a good time. And if the only way you can have a good time is to try and bully other people and try and make yourself better than other people, then you need to leave. Yeah, move over, move around, you know. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I think... Okay. I am trying to figure out what Samantha is trying to say about a a scam stamp. What is a scam stamp? You've got me. Because it says not a brony um, stamp. You will always have negativity. I'm completely confused here, and that's pretty easy. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. She was trying to say minus the stamp. You got to remember, I'm brain not working all cylinders. So I was actually in the kitchen away from the keyboard going to get some <laughs> potato salad. So um Oh hi Juju Hello. I already said hi, hi to Juju. The oh wow, we only have ten minutes left of the live audience. Um, actually nine minutes. Oh, nine minutes. So um But, um, yeah, so I I think it's almost the responsibility of some of us who have been in the fandom longer to set the tone Yeah. and to really say something when bad things happen. I, I don't know if you have been paying much attention to the My Little Pony arena recently, but... Uh, Not really. Okay, well, recently there was a big to-do about how in the customs section, the customs moderators were combining people's customs threads together. So the same customizer might have made four or five different customs, and then the customs mods were all throwing them together. And if they found older ones, they were throwing them together. And it was upsetting people. And, see, Samantha knows. Um, Yeah. And 
someone went on Facebook and started a thing about how they were thinking about not posting on the arena anymore because this was like the last of many straws. The things right. that were getting them down about the arena. And one of the mods said, we don't want to see the veterans go. We don't want you to stop posting customs. We need you here to balance out all the new people that come in, not knowing what they're doing, not knowing how to behave. Please come back to us. And and actually they went and they fixed and they stopped. They stopped combining the, the – they listened, the mods did. It was very nice. Oh, wow. But it's true. Most of the vets, people who've been there for three years, four years, ten years, have stopped posting at the arena. And so the arena, the climate at the arena, has changed a lot because the people who originally set the tone aren't posting there anymore. And the people that are posting there aren't really behaving very well. Well, and way to go, Juju! Ten plus years. <laughs> and but I've been thinking about what that moderator said. And while I originally said I hard to be a veteran and want to go back and you know train the noobs and teach them how to be, right. but if we really care about that fandom. Maybe we have to. Maybe we have to go back and take it back and say this has got to stop. Yeah. We have been here since the before times, and this is not how it used to be. We want our ponies back. We want our anime back. And we want moderators and admin who will give that to us. Right. It's just like um, when we first started the show. I mean, I didn't have to worry about random people coming in and being buttheads. Only after the new show came out and we hit a new wave of fans where some of them, really, how did you get out of kindergarten? The way you act. And unfortunately, you know, we don't have the luxury of having other people take and, um, yeah, you are not a butthead. Um, but, um, we don't have the luxury of having mods, you know, watch our chat room. We have to moderate it ourselves. Yeah, Samantha, Samantha, just because we only have a few minutes left to hear what the chat room is saying. Samantha says that her problem with trying to be the voice of reason is that a lot of the newbies are crybabies and drama queens. And if you criticize them, if you tell them to knock it off, they cry foul. They go and report a veteran to um, the mods, and then the mods come in and be like, rawr. Thou shalt be banned yep. if thou dost persist in harassing the noobs. 
And um, but I think I think that's why again we need to say we need to demand of the admin and the mods that they they recognize that that just because bronies are the newest incarnation of pony fans doesn't mean that they're who needs to be pandered to. Right. That anybody who wants to be a moderator or an admin needs to be truly objective. And I think that's going to be hard, but maybe that's what we need to do in areas like uh, pony fandom, anime fandom, to keep things from spiraling downward. Yeah. I definitely agree there. But, um, what do you think? I think this show went well. What do you think? I think it went really well. I think that there's a lot that, that we can learn from the fandom of the anime manga world that applies to the pony world. Oh, yeah. Because anime conventions and, and stuff like that are much older than pony conventions. The, oh, the yeah. Obviously, anime and manga go back further than My Little Pony goes back. Um, so I think, I think the show went well, and I think... Um, at least some of our, our listeners know about manga and anime and things like Vampire Night and um, Black Butler and Sailor Moon. So I think that... Oh, by the way, did you ever watch Black Butler? But you have, but actually. Oh, you got to go watch Black Butler. Oh, we need kimono real quick. Hmm? We need kimono. Oh, okay, here she comes. This is kimono, and you have listened to Pony Talk. See you next week. Bye-bye. Whoa, we got kimono in. Hey, can we say kimono is anime? (laughs) No, kimono isn't anime. Kimono is... Japanese pop culture inspired. There we go. <laughs> of coworkers abound. So So I think tonight we um why don't we end on time? Sorry, what? Why don't we end on time? All right, we can end on time tonight. I'm sure Pony Baby will appreciate that. Yes. So. Ooh. (laughs) If people wonder what I'm saying, it's in reference to what's going on in the chat room. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, Black Butler stuff. <laughs> Samantha's going to go watch her Outlaw Star. Yes, I'm going to go rummage up some dinner. Okay. You have a good night. You too. And we will see you next week. See you next week on the same pony oh. channel. Okay. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Is that it? Are we alone? Oh. oh. Hope you enjoyed our special show. Join us next week as we plunge right back in ponies and right back in plushies. Till next week, happy pony hunting. Good night. <laughs>